Hello again, and welcome to Chat, Grapple and Cheat Pops with me, JB, and Chris Dredd. Yes, yes. Hello, people. Thanks for joining us again. Exactly that. Thank you for anyone that watched episodes one and two. Thank you for joining us again. It's not been a great week for wrestling, has it? Not at all. Um, we lost Shad Gaspard this week. Uh, he's part of Crime Time in WWE in like 2000, the late 2000s. Really good big man. Uh, he died a hero. He obviously was being swept away at sea with his son. And he made sure that the emergency services went straight to his son and didn't end up coming for him. I mean, really sad for everyone involved. It's, uh, it's not been a good one. And uh, it was only announced today. It was today. Today's the 23rd of May yeah. for anyone um, wondering. It's the 23rd of May. And we got the news this morning that we also lost Hannah Kimura from Stardom. She was 22. Um, we don't know a lot about this one. From what we have gathered, it is suicide. And it, I mean, we can't be sure, but no. there was a lot of lot of trolling and online bullying going along, going on with this. So, some, something happened. She was on a show, a Netflix show, like a reality show, and um, something happened on there where a guy did something to her wrestling gear and it ended up shrinking and ruining it. And then she went off in him or something. Um, and then she was getting bullied and that on that. But I mean, th this goes, this goes to the wider issue of online bullying and let me tell you something dude like we, we like to be positive on this show on this on this podcast all right we don't like to go on about negative stuff we don't like to bitch and moan and we don't like to get involved in any kind of online beefs that are going on because i see a lot of them online i see like certain personalities clashing with other personalities and you do see a lot of you know, dogpiling, they call it, you know, where, you know, one person gets attacked and then everyone keeps diving on and diving on and diving on. And we see that all these things happen all the time, you know. We had it with um, the reality stars in this country, you know, with that. What's that one uh, where they're on the beach and all that? Uh, oh, in the UK, where basically not big on reality TV. Yeah, it's like a reality TV show where they've had two people commit suicide from that. Um, and yeah, that's right. Yeah. And Caroline Flack as well took her own life um, due to possible online bullying and other issues that were going on in her life. So you know, you, we've got all of this stuff that happens in the online community, and I tell you what, I see a lot, a lot, a lot with the wrestling community, with the wrestling fans, um, the smart marks. Um, the people that blog and podcast and make videos and stuff about the wrestling business. And it's sad to see. And, the, and, and she was 22, bro. 22 years old. Very sad, man. I, I mean, this, this goes without saying, but we could all be a lot nicer to each other. 100%. Especially on the places like Twitter. You know, it's, it's an absolute mess. You're not going and to eliminate. You're not going to eliminate bullying, for to be honest, because it's always no. going to go on. Because you're always going to get the type of characters that are bullies. You're always going to get that. And the fact that it's online and they can't get a slap in the mouth and they can just do this stuff, kind of anonymously. Yeah, it, 
Um, comes down to the, the, key, the keyboard warriors and stuff like that. And yeah, again, we can all be nicer to each other, like especially on these forums like Twitter and that. And yeah, we will be positive about almost everything. We won't be positive about bullying and trolling. If you are doing that, you are a chump. You are a waste of space. And you know, people need to pack it in. I need to pack it the fuck in. Because, you know, and, and just to let you know, me and Jay on the Twitter, we don't get involved in none of that. We are just doing what we're doing, you know. But we do see, you see a lot of it, especially on Twitter. It can be extremely toxic. And all them people that are doing it, you can't get a smack in the mouth. Um, but you no. need a cyber slap in the mouth, um, you know. So, it like I say, this story is really sad for me. Um just, it's, you know, her age and the whole situation. Like you said, mate, we don't really know a lot about it, but um, what we do know is she is passed away uh, and it's very sad. Um, I've said already, it's May 23rd. It's not another, it's another, like, it's a black eye for wrestling again. Indeed. Because it's 1999. It is the anniversary of Owen Hart dying in the ring of all places. Um. I've already thought in my head that we'll probably have a whole episode dedicated to Owen at some point. Yeah. Um, you know, we both we both have really fond memories of him, including in today's episode. Yeah. And I can only encourage people to watch the Vice documentary, Dark Side of the Ring. Yeah. Um, I watched it this week. Yeah, I did too. Chris has seen it this week. Go watch it. You know, watch some of your favourite matches of Owen. You know, remember him well. And yeah, we'll we'll pick up on Owen soon. But he does get extremely honourable mentions in this one today. And very, very much. Owen, you, you I hold um a place dear in my heart for you, my man. Uh you know, like I say, it absolute absolute fantastic in the ring. Um in his in, in, in his in real life, absolute lovely guy anyone that speaks about him speaks extremely positively of him um you know and uh yeah it, it, a, prankster. A, a, a prankster you know prankster. absolutely fantastic character so um and he does get honorable mentions in um the event that we're doing today uh, it does indeed um firstly what now that we've i mean we've had to talk about this this these things that have come up you know in, in the wrestling world this week we are going to move off, move forward and have some fun. And firstly, by checking out these sweet, sweet hoodies. Yeah. Now, my good, close personal friend at treeoflifeframing.com has managed to sort out me and Chris with these sweet, sweet hoodies. Yeah, dude. I'm not wearing mine today because I bought a new T-shirt, which I wanted to wear. <laughs> uh, got it from Asda, a.k.a. Walmart, for an extremely cheap price of five English pounds. Um, and it is a Royal Rumble T-shirt with a few of the old school guys on there. The fact that it has, you know, Yoko, you know, Flair, a um, few of the guys. Five quid, mate. Um, but, yes, it doesn't even come close to the... Chat Grapple and Cheap Pops podcast hoodies by the lovely people at www.treeoflifeframing.com. Treeoflifeframing.com. You know, give them a shout. If there's any interest in these hoodies, there's only two right now. That's right. There's only two. They are special edition. But if there's any interest, anyone wants one, give them a shout. 
and see what they see what we can do. And um, they do frame anything wrestling. They frame figures, posters, wrestling cards, the lot. Um, so yeah, get onto those guys there. And thank you for the hoodies. Yeah, indeed. Um, we'll start WrestleMania 11. Yes, dude. It's Not... 1995. <laughs> this. It's... Can I just start by saying right? A lot of people don't rate this pay-per-view very highly. They don't think it was a very good pay-per-view at all. But me personally, it's one of my absolute favourites. Absolute favourites. Because my all-time greatest tag team, um, or one of them, let's not say the best, but one of the all-time greatest tag teams ever to grace the ring was actually created on this night. Um, And also Bam Bam Bigelow with an absolute great performance. It's Bam Bam's biggest night, for sure. Absolutely. Um, but first, I have a bone to pick with Vince McMahon. <laughs> this week, JB's got a bone to pick with Vinnie Mac, it's baby. my turn. Okay. Vince, WWE, anyone involved with the network, you screwed me this week. <laughs> and actually, I came out on top this week watching the VHS. I wish I watched the VHS because they've cut bits off. They have. And I'm sure we'll get to those points. Um, but yeah, they've cut bits off. I didn't get the free-for-all. Um, that's something we need to talk about with the WWE. They need to put on the free-for-alls. Absolutely. You know, they've always got something fun on there, something random. Mm-hmm. Put them on. We need to see them. The more Todd Pettengill, the better, baby. Toddy P. Don't oh. get me started on the Pettengill, baby. The guy was an absolute star. But... Vince, you've messed me around here, and I'm not happy. I'm definitely not happy with this. And you don't want He's to piss off JB, son. Yeah. You know, just like Uncle Ted with last week, this isn't cool. You know, and we'll get to the production issues of the whole show, but mm. not impressed. But I digress. So there's no free-for-all for the network viewer no. but there is a free-for-all on the vhs you're gonna have to take this one with in run with it chris because i didn't see it well should we so we're getting into it wrestlemania 11 we'll start with a free-for-all you saw it first start with a free-for-all okay so um todd pettengill let's just go straight in and just say todd pettengill for me was one of the greatest um people that you would see in WWF television, um, to be honest with you. I, I thought his energy was fantastic. He brought that legitimacy of like a, a, a sporting event. He was always very upbeat and fun. Um, all through WrestleMania 11, he pops up in little places during the actual pay-per-view. Like he'll be sitting with um, LT's, um, you know, friends and colleagues and whatnot that was there. Also, I'd like to make an apology uh, when we were talking about Bam Bam Bigelow and LT in one of the previous episodes, I kept calling him LV. Um, and I don't know why. LV was um, Coolio's Gangster's Paradise guy. Um, so it definitely wasn't LV, but it's LT, Lawrence Taylor. So I apologise for that before people catch me out and say, oh, he called him LV. That's not all LT. right. But, um, yeah, I mean, Todd Pettengill, where where can you... Well, you can't say a bad word about the guy. I thought he was absolutely fantastic. Um my best memories of Todd are from WWF Mania. From Mania. Which, and yes, yeah. I, one thing that is imprinted in my memory as a young'un, watching Mania on uh, Sky One, I believe yeah. it was on. 
Um, and I, I wish they'd put those on the network too. Is there no manias on there? No. No mania. Because I mean, what was mania? Was it? It was just like a. I mean, it wasn't like, like a, superstars or anything like that. Was it just literally like a compilation of right? This is what's happened this week. Yeah, I think it was just a highlight show, but it had like lots of weird skits and Todd running around like a madman in the in the production room. And, and he was fantastic. Um, very hype, very. It, it was great, you know. Um, the, on the free for alls, he did quite a few of them. I've got quite a lot of um, VHSs, if I haven't said already. Um, and on a lot of the VHSs, you get the free for alls. And he 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 was he was brilliant. You know, he would he would hype the 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 TV crowd. He would hype the crowd in the arena. Um, you know, he was absolutely fantastic. You know, he didn't mess anything up. You know, he didn't really stutter his words or anything like that. He was, he was very good. Absolutely great live broadcaster. And, um, yeah, Todd Pettengill, where are you, man? Like, that is one person. Uh, Todd hosted an episode of The Bump, I think, on the network. No. Just this week. Dude. They've been hiding I'm sure, the I'm, sure, like, I'm, I'm pretty sure my mind's not playing tricks on me, but Todd hosted an episode of The Bump on the net, on the WWE Network. I'm pretty sure it was just this week or last week. Well, so he's still around. It, I, I'm glad he's still around. And if we can get him on this podcast, <laughs> uh, that is one guy I would love to interview, Todd Pettengill, man. Uh, you know, it, oh, love the guy. Absolutely love the guy. So, um yeah, that that's where we start with the free for all. Todd Pettengill, um, just being absolutely fantastic. Um, you had the the other woman, Stephanie Wyand, who appears yeah. um regularly um during the pay per view here and there and doing interviews and whatnot. And you also had Gorilla Monsoon. Um, you know he was out. He, there was a great bit in the um great bit in the free for all where you've got. Gorilla Monsoon, like, leaning up against the door of the All-Pro team, and it's, like, making out. They're going absolutely crazy in there, and the door's, like, slamming, and he's, like, holding the door closed. He was, it, was, it was fantastic. Um, and one I line... I haven't think, seen any of this. Oh, it was brilliant. And then one liner, Todd Pettengill says to him, Oh, Gorilla, that's a fantastic jacket. Where'd you get that jacket from? He goes, oh, it's beyond your means, I can tell you that. Um, it was just, <laughs> The banter was just fantastic. Like, Todd Pettengill... Oh, yes, dude. Yes. Um, so, yeah, free for all. Todd Pettengill, Gorilla Monsoon, Stephanie Wyand. Um, they basically just, they, they did like uh, America the Beautiful because this was um, WrestleMania 11. So after a this decade. Is this, yeah, this is the start of the show. Like, I've, I've got this bit. Um, so, you know, a decade of, of WrestleMania has gone by. So they had like a little showing of all, all the people that sung, all the celebrities and famous people, whatever, that sung America the Beautiful over the years. Um, talking about number 56, Lawrence Taylor, um, you know, the media circus surrounding it. It showed you what happened at Royal Rumble 95, where the shove um, from Bam Bam Bigelow just setting up the... Um, you know, and it also showed the Times Square workout. So they had like a thing in Times Square where they had yeah. a ring there, you know, and then you had Bam Bam Bigelow and Lawrence Taylor. And like I say, it will be uh, it will be a common thread going through this. Um, Lawrence Taylor just stiffing the shit out of um, Bam Bam Bigelow. But as you rightly pointed out, you couldn't really have LT pulling punches or pulling shots because it probably would have showed too much he's light. Green. He's green. Yeah, That's and it. it would have been terrible. Um 
but the stiffness factor oh this this shot that he just he catches him bam bam with this oh this shot at the Times square workout it was just so oh it's so stiff it was just ah it was hurting my head watching it um so then, yeah, they showed you, you know, then you had the gorilla bit where he's, I'm here outside the all pro teams dressing room and they're going crazy in there. They're really up for it, um, you know, and the door's whacking and he's holding the door and it's rattling and everything. Um, really good stuff. Um, you also had a Bob Backland and Nicholas Turturro uh, like vignette. Uh, NYPD Blue, where you had, <laughs> they're making me laugh, and I'm just thinking about it, is Bob Backlund sitting like he's being interviewed by the police, yeah, and, and he's like just ranting and ranting and pointing and that, and then it cuts away to Nicholas Tuturo, and then a shot of Bob Backlund just with no one in front of him, just going crazy, just like, oh, no. it, been, it was absolute gold, fantastic, and um, yeah, that one there is on the free-for-all, um, the what did we have? Uh, it showed you Diesel's eight second win over Bob Backlund for the it. title. Um, so the whole thing, what's that? Did they show all eight seconds? Uh, yeah, I think so. Yeah, <laughs> um, and and obviously because that was the setup, so you had Diesel who was the champion, he'd beaten Bob Backlund's in eight seconds, and you had. Shawn Michaels, who had gone from number one to number 30 in the Royal Rumble 1995. Um, also, there was a few things set up, obviously, from the Royal Rumble, as they even do now. Um, you know, or, Do they have even Royal Rumbles anymore? They do. They do have them. Because I'm very out of touch ones. with the events they've cut. You know. The Rumble this year was, it was excellent. Was it good? In my, my opinion, yeah. I mean, I, I in the recent ones, I, I thought Kofi Kingston had some really great innovative stuff that he did over the last five yeah. or so years, you know, maybe even longer than that when he was there and he was on the chair, you know, and he was like hopping to get back in the ring and stuff. But Shawn Michaels also did fantastic stuff in Rumbles. And, and this one, Rumble 95, which set up this because, of, as you guys probably know, um, whoever wins the Royal Rumble gets a shot of the title at WrestleMania. So um, Shawn Michaels went number one to number 30. And it was when he got thrown out and the two feet have to hit the floor and only one of them hit the floor. Um, I believe it was him and Bulldog that was last it was, in. It should have been Bulldog's year, let's be honest. It should have been Bulldog's year, but it wasn't. This was set up. We're biased. Um, you know, uh, but yeah, I mean, don't get don't get it twisted. Don't take anything away from Sean. Um, to go from number one to number thirty in the Royal Rumble, it was the first time it had ever been done. Um, it, it was a fantastic achievement. Um, so it 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 basically was just setting that up. Um, and and that was really the 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 free for all. Um, was there no was match just, on there? What's that? Was there no match on the free? No dark match. No no wow. um, no match. Um, I believe there was quite a few dark matches actually before this, um, but there was there's there's none on the VHS unfortunately. So there you have it, Todd Pettengill just being an absolute su superstar. Shout out to Toddy P. Um, we will tag him on Twitter if he's on Twitter and and tag him in this because it was one of his finest moments, the free for all and WrestleMania 11. He 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 made the event really for me as well. Fantastic. Um, you'll notice on the VHS screen in front of you, um, awesome celebrity guests. And we can reel them off really quickly because they're all right then. I mean, they're Well, think about guests. this. For 1995, they were bloody top, top notch, mate. 
Top notch. What, including Jonathan Taylor Thomas? Dude, home improvement, right? I've got it in my notes. When you go back and watch this, listen to the pop that kid gets when he comes out. Listen okay, to the pop. Uh... Dude, he gets the he, it's not oh, he gets the pop, dude. We have we have Pamela Anderson from Baywatch and what have you. Yep. Nicholas III was already mentioned. NYPD Blue. NYPD Blue. He's also I also find him brilliant as a comedy actor. Yeah, he was pretty good. Pretty good. Um Salt and Pepper, that's a whole big issue for me because I don't see them on my network version. Um, Jenny McCarthy from MTV at the time. She was on MTV at the time. Uh, Jonathan Taylor Thomas, and this is where I might lose Chris for a minute. The all-pro team get shown, and it's the first glimpse that we get in pro wrestling of Steve Mongo McMichael. Uh, Fantastic. Can we say, right? <laughs> we, on this podcast, um, we trying to alternate it between, you know, WWF, WCW, we'll be chucking some ECWs and some probably Japanese bits and bobs and, and whatever in, some TNA stuff possibly. Um, but we're trying to oh, alternate. Don't forget, don't forget FWA. Let's not forget FWA. Let's not forget we'll be chucking Frontier FWA. Wrestling Alliance, indeed. So, you know, we're trying to alternate it. So we have got, um, after this event, this WrestleMania 11, we have got a WCW event, which does feature Mongo McMichael. So I am not a fan of Mongo McMichael. Um, and... I believe... So when was this? April... This is 1995. April the 2nd, 1995. WrestleMania 11. Now, he hadn't been on Nitro yet. Had he? No. Because Nitro no. didn't start till May. September. Was it September? Yeah, September Right, 95. so I blame WrestleMania 11 and LT for getting Mongo the taste for being in the ring, baby doll. Um, I, I, I blame them fully for that because he's obviously got involved in this and the whole hoo-ha possibly would have been signed for Nitro already by then. In, in the interest of staying positive, <laughs> I'm not going to be completely defensive of Mongo, but I do have, I feel like I have some reasons as to why he was in such a prominent spot in WCW. That's not the show we're talking about right no. now. We're talking about WWF WrestleMania 11. And <clears throat> Mongo is not the star of this show. He it is definitely not. Taylor. And it's, I mean, we'll get to, we'll get to it. Um, America the Beautiful was sung. Um, now, it sounded like, it seemed like there were some production issues here already. Yeah. And this is a, Bit of a bit of a strong feature early on in the show. They do get better and they do like, you know, they don't miss as much stuff. But it sounded like something was off when this was going on, and something wasn't quite right. Yeah, there was because they they at one point they go to Nicholas Tuturo and he's talking, but there's no mic, no sound coming out. Yeah, that that happens as well, and it happens with the one two three kid also slightly. That yeah, I think that um. Our commentators for the evening, Vince and Jerry Lawler, Jerry the King. Um, 
Jerry King's a decent heel commentator at this time. He had some very good quips in this as well. Very WrestleMania good one-liners. 11. Um, it, if I'm going to say anything, it feels a bit, it's like having like the Diet Coke version of, you know, Bobby the Brain. Because Bobby has shipped off to WCW mm-hmm. and they needed someone quick-witted, which the King is. He's very quick-witted. He's very smart, very clever. He was good. He was really good. And yeah, it's a, he, King calls it the greatest spectacle in sports entertainment mm-hmm. and it's an event fit for, fit for a king. A, that's right. That's right. But that, <laughs> I, I think that was his, it was his go-to line in many a show after this as well. It's an event fit for a king. Um, and I just like the way he calls Vince McMahon all yeah. the time. He just goes, it's bigger than that, McMahon. You know, like he, he, he's, you know, he's, he, he's selling that Vince is just a commentator, you know, because I don't know how many people at this time, um, I mean, they probably knew that Vince was in charge, but he's well, on screen. I think screen. Because, of the loss, because of the lawsuit and that and the, the steroid trial and stuff like Correct. that, they knew he was in charge. But a casual fan that might, like kids wouldn't have known, you yeah. know, he was the boss. That's right. But yeah, it's in the, in like the means and the realms of positivity. This first match is rough. Oh, it's rough. Um, can, can we can we set a little scene here as well? Because um, what's what is the first match, dude? Sorry. First match we have the Allied Powers. <laughs> yes. British Bulldog, David Boy Smith, and Lex Luger. Luger total package. You know, had a really good main event run in '93. You know, a big push, the Lex Express, all of that. Fell off in 94, didn't get that title win that he might have been promised. Who would know? He At one point, I'm sure he was probably expected to beat Yokozuna. Yeah. Never happened. Brett took the belt instead. Luger never never turned heel. I'm sure people were expecting that as well. And didn't he slightly turn heel when he had like the, the metal implant thing in his arm and he was doing healy things, whacking people? I with think that it? was before he'd even turned, before right. he became the All-American Lex Luger. Yeah, yeah. Um, they're taking on the the Blue Blue Brothers from the Appalachian Mountains. Who? Yeah, the Harris Brothers, yeah. Um, Jacob and Eli, yeah. Jacob and Eli and Blue. But what, what I felt about this, where, where they had the Allied Powers... Anyone who watches episode two of our podcast, the one that came before this, we did um, uh, Beach Blast 93 and it was Sting and Luger. And it was very, very similar what they did with 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 Bulldog and Luger in this thing where they had the, you, you know, him as like the the they looked very like. Uh, sorry, with the Bulldog and Sting in 93, where they had the Britain and the American, and then they did the same thing with Luger and Davey Boy with the Allied Powers. Um, it didn't and, work. You know, and they kept re- referencing uh, the Second World War in this as well, and saying about, you know, Normandy and all this kind of oh, stuff. Yeah. Um, you know, so it was... Um, yeah, it, I mean, we like to be positive, but this, like, like you say, um, this match was, yeah, it was rough, man. It was, the, it was rough. The Blue Brothers, uh, they are brought to the ring by Uncle Zeb. Uncle Zebakaya himself. Yep, yep. Um, I got a lot of time for Dutch Mantel. I think he's great. I have. Um, you know, he's fantastic as a manager. I really do, Ray. I think he's obviously hamstrung with the Blue Brothers, who were. Uh, 
you know, good workers, you know, solid workers. But I mean, the gimmick isn't up to much. They were a bit green in this though, as well. Yeah. Um, the the twins weren't taking moves very well. Um, in this. Uh, a quick, another quick uh, reference. Luke would be gone by September. Yeah. Obviously. Um, he's phoning this one in tonight. He is not that bothered. And yeah, he would be he would be heading for richer planes with Ted Turner by WC with WCW. He would turn up on the first Nitro and basically fix his career. I mean, I I'm not a fan of Luger, to be honest. Um well, I am. I'll be honest. Do I you like him? Yeah, I mean yeah. I was I was never a fan of Luger. Um I was I was I was disappointed in... Uh, I, I thought he could be a better heel when he first came into WCW, the whole uh, thing with that, you know, where he was friends with Sting. Because yeah. he actually, in real life, was really good friends with Sting. Um, they had they owned a gym together. Um, you know, so they're, they're quite good buddies in that. Um, yeah, I just... Yeah, I'm never warm to him. I don't. I. I just. You know. I do remember the the when the wrestling WWF had the uh, bodybuilding federation, right? Yeah. And I do WWE, remember yeah. a promo where you had Vince McMahon interviewing Lex Luger. I think it was on Superstars or something. And you know, Luger's there in like them bodybuilding tops with the V-neck and like, and then he's drinking milk and stuff. And then Vince says to him, "I'll take." He does that at WrestleMania off. Eight as well, doesn't he? Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, um, yeah, a, a quick another like last point on Luger in WCW is that he he reinvents his career like by shifting companies, which is something you could do at that point. And he, I mean, for me in '97, he's one of the most he's one of the top guys in WCW. Sting's not wrestling, you know. The next big the next big name is Luger. DDP's not quite there. You know, Luger even gets a quick world title run you know but this isn't nitro this is wrestlemania 11 yeah and we've got a dodgy clumsy double power slam spot right out of the gate straight away yeah um it doesn't go well it doesn't like um, it looks like it might be luger's fault (laughs) (laughs) doesn't help things but it's you know it, it looks a bit a little bit you know clumsy and Something I noted, Bulldog Suplex still gets a great reaction. Yeah. Because, you know, the power thing, it just it just clicks with the fans. Everyone seems to love it. And, you know, also rare, very rare, Dynamite Kid reference. Yes. Um, I, I didn't think they were talking about him at all at this point. No, you, you find that um, all through this pay-per-view... Uh, Jerry the King Lawler actually references quite a few things from way back. Um, yeah. He later talks about the special guest referee. Uh, we won't spoil it yet. But he talks about the special guest referee in the Bret Hart uh, Backland match. And he talks about WrestleMania 8 and stuff like that. And he he's the one that... Yeah. Um, oh, no, I think it's Vinnie Mac that brings it up. He goes, oh, you know, um, Davy Boy has been... Uh, tag team champions once before with um, the Dynamite Kid. Um, yeah. I was surprised I think, to hear it. Yeah, it's nice to hear it, but it's because they're pu- they're going to be pushing this team 
or I think they thought they were going to be pushing this team because Vince actually makes um, a comment at the end of this match uh, to do with the Allied powers. And it just made me laugh knowing that basically by se by September the 4th, Luger would be gone. Because if you actually remember, he was on an episode, he, he, was, he was on WWF TV and possibly that same night or the next night he was on... I think it was the next night, yeah. Um... I think the WWF always had some sort of word from Luger that they, he was going to sign the contract, and he never did. Yeah, because I, it, was it not the same night? Because didn't they show Nitro no, Rick, on Rick a Monday? Rude, Rick Rude was the same night in 90, late '97. Right, it was Rude, not Luger. But yeah. It, yeah, it was. It like I say, I always thought it was either the same night or the next night. Um, he was it, one minute he's on WWF TV. That's why it was such a shock for when he turned <coughs> up at the Mall of America for that first Nitro. And it just makes me laugh. Vince McMahon, he says, um, all right, sorry, yeah, go on, go on to this and then I'll tell you what Vince McMahon says at the end of this match. Well, I mean, again, it's not there's not much to pick up on in this match, apart from that Luger looks the smallest he has in years. Luger, yeah. I've got here, Luger looks very trim and it's not something I will say about most men, yeah. you know, <laughs> but Luger looks trim here. He looks, you know, he's not, the Luger that turned up in 1992. Luger in 1992 is jacked. He, you know, WBF style. Yeah. And and I, I end up going straight on to the awkward finish because it's not a, not a big time match. It's nothing that, you know, nothing to write home about. There's a, there's and it's a an awkward of, sunset flip. Yeah, well, there's a couple of switcheroonies um, by yeah, the blue... Twins, the the Jacob and Eli. Um, there's a few couple of swapperoonies where one of them rolls in when he should have been out or whatever, whatever. But yeah, it wasn't um, it wasn't a, a strong finish at all. Um, it's it's an awkward sunset flip. You don't. I didn't really see the tag, which no. I mean, it's down to production more than anything. Yeah. And the you know the Allied powers get the win, and then you know you get what Vince says. Yeah, Vince Vince says uh. Something to the words of, "There'll be a team for a long, long time." Um, we look, you know, he says, "We look to see more from this fantastic team, and they look like they're going to be a team for a long, long time." And then, you know, months later, <laughs> kaput, gone, finished. There's, there's a weird thing they try it. They try it all night with Jim Ross in the aisle after every match, trying to catch up with someone. Yeah. And he catches up with Zeb at this point, Uncle Zeb. Yeah. And Dutch just, you know, he rambles. You know, it's not, it's very, it, it's very, you know, it's clunky, this word I've got. It should have been better because what he was saying was great if you caught it. Um, because this was, was this not the debut of Jacob and Eli? Had they been on TV before? I would hope they'd have been on telly before. They I'm would not, have been. And he said, up with my, you know, he said, oh, uh, I know when we come down to the big city, we get stiffed over, uh, you know, so selling that they'd come, you know, coming from there to well, the big they, city. They are in Hartford, Connecticut, which is hometown for Vince and his crew. Titan it's, Towers. Yeah, it's, you know, Connecticut is their home base. and Also the home has of Bob, Bob Backlund also. True. Yeah, we'll get to that. We'll get to Bob. Um, it's after this point we have the sound issues with Nicholas Turturro. And we get that Vince chuckle afterwards because he knows, like, it's obviously an annoyed Vince chuckle. 
Um, he's clearly annoyed that they they can't hear them. Do you? Um, do, do, sorry, mate. So, uh, do you get the Coliseum video exclusive interviews with um, Monsoon on this one? No, I don't. You need to. If if I go past it, you need to bring me back. Because this is after after the Allied Powers versus Jacob and Eli. They the Nicholas Turturro thing happens, but then on the video on my video, it cuts to um, Monsoon with a mic with Double J and the Road Dog. And there's oh. a little, yeah, there's a gold little interview there um, where <laughs> Jeff Jarrett's, he, it, midway through talking, he clicks his glasses and they start flashing. Oh. Um, and it's just, it's in our great, um, you know, it's just fantastic. So, guys, like I say, you can watch it on the network, but, you know, you can still pick up these VHSs. You can still pick them up for a few quid. Um, there's groups on Facebook. There's a group on Facebook that I'm a member of, um, the VHS collectors, and you can pick stuff up fairly, fairly cheaply. Um, for, and you've for, got all the Coliseum, you know, Coliseum you can pick video them up for coins, not notes. What's that? You can pick them up for coins, not notes. Yeah, man, exactly. you can pick them up. You know, the most you'll pay with postage and packaging is five or six quid. Uh, for a video, but yeah, you get all the Coliseum video exclusives, which would be the free for all and the little interviews in between. So yeah, we've got a, uh, a monsoon interview with Double J and the Road Dog, <laughs> which was pretty good because it was following up then their match, the 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 next match. Um, before they get into the ring, Jerry Lawler compares the NFL to the post office. Yeah, I saw that, yeah. Um, kicking a parcel around for X amount of time and then you yeah. get a ha-ha-ha-ha um, laugh from Vinnie Mac as well. Yeah, it's one of the weirdest sort of comparisons I've ever heard. But we get into the Intercontinental title match. It's Double J, Jeff Jarrett, Ain't He Great, with He's, the roadie. Yeah, yeah. With the roadie against Razor, Razor Ramon, who's with the one two three kid. Um, Chico, I've got to, I've got to bring up Double J's outfit at this point. Amazing. If anyone's ever thought of doing a Halloween or cosplay of Jeff Jarrett at this time, we need to see it. Send it to us on Twitter yes. at Chat Grapple Pops. This is the greatest outfit of the night. It's fantastic, but you know what? It, it's I liked when I was when I was growing up. I mean, at this time, I was thirteen years old watching. WrestleMania 11. So, you know, I I really like Double J Jeff Jarrett, but when you hear stories of, you know, um, and and funnily enough, he was very good friends with Owen Hart, um, close friends with him, and um, you know that was a bit hard to take seeing his promo um, on the Over the Edge pay per view um, yeah. that Owen passed away. But um, you know, I really liked Jeff Jarrett growing up, but apparently he was a bit of a dick. Um, it, back because he, he was a very wealthy man already because his dad was extremely wealthy. Um, Stone Cold Steve Austin doesn't have any very nice things to say about Double J Jeff Jarrett. Um, there's a story where uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin says that uh, when he was working in the territory that Jeff's dad used to run, he was looking at his paycheck one week and it was just 
a disgustingly low amount. I mean, Stone Cold says that he had to eat raw potatoes when he was working this down is, there. This is, the, uh, this is the USWA, isn't USWA, it? USWA. Which, which, as well had that's a big correct. Deal with it, yeah, yeah. Um, I've got a couple of USWA videos, and one of them's got uh, Jeff Jarrett on the front of that. Um, but yeah, there's cool. a story Stone Cold Steve Austin tells about where, where he was looking at his pay slip, and uh, Jeff Jarrett comes up behind him, slaps him on the back and says, you can stare at it as much as you like, boy, ain't going to get no bigger. Um, yeah, that's Jeff Jarrett. And um, oh. Stone Cold never forgot him, uh, forgot that, and he, he never wanted to work with him. Well, Steve, Stone Cold Steve Austin would eventually refuse to work a program with Jeff Jarrett. Yep. Possibly Correct. 98, yep. I think it is. Yeah, maybe even 99. Um, maybe that was part of it. I think I think it is part of it, yeah. And he said he couldn't draw a dime um, was the other part of it. But as you say, uh, at this time, he I mean, he, Jeff Jarrett obviously had the money. So he, he could. No, I mean, he was intercontinental champion at this point anyway. Yeah, he's, um, not, he's, but, he's highly you know, thought of it at this point. He, but I always uh, I always thought that I like Jeff Jarrett. Like I say, I was 13 watching this. Um, but I always thought he was a bit of a. A, a rip off Ric Flair with the with the, the strut, strut, yeah, um, and the figure four leg lock. But Jeff could throw a drop kick like no other. Oh, dude, I've got that in my notes. Absolutely, <laughs> Jeff Jarrett's drop kick was absolutely phenomenal. Um, every single time, picture perfect. Yeah. Um, before Razor and Kid come out, it's an awkward promo. Very awkward, but it's, I think a lot of that's down to production. Um, kid tries to cut a promo, and it just doesn't—it doesn't come off very well. Wearing a fucking kimono. <laughs> <laughs> He's wearing Look, a fucking kimono. I mean, they're trying to play up his martial arts and stuff, but there are other ways they could have done it. They could have done it with just a well-placed headband. Yeah. They didn't have to put him in a Hulk. <laughs> He was in a bloody kimono. Uh, it was a fantastic kimono. Don't get me wrong. Like, oh, it's, it's nice. Yeah. Black, silky number, dragons and all that. Um, brilliant. Um, Razor comes into the ring and runs right through the photographers at ringside. Yes. They're, they are all They are just in the way. It's an it ongoing thing. Me. Ongoing it, thing. It happens from, all night. It happens There's all night from the, for the show. It's right. From sorry, from the first match, as soon as you see Luger and Bulldog walking towards the ring, it's just a sea um, on on all sides of the ring. And I think that I mean one of my favourite WrestleMania moments is WrestleMania 11 coming up in in the Diesel Shawn Michaels match. It happens a few times and it's absolute yeah. gold. Um, but the 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 bloody yeah they get in his way when he's um the photographers are in the way when Razor's running in and he goes to slide, um, you know through the through through the ring uh they're just in his way and it is an ongoing thing it's it's terrible really, um, it's yeah it's it's rough and it they they're all like, they should have been the other side of the ring or something or just or just not there. Just not there. Just not no, there. It, it was they, they, it was absolutely yeah. terrible. Um, but I like uh, this match. I like this match. Yeah, I, I do enjoy it. I have a shout out for Razor's punch, which is beautiful. Excellent. It's a really good punch. Hall is a 
he's he's one of the top workers in the world at this point, in my view. Um, and let's, but yeah, go yeah, on. This is, this is an unhappy Scott Hall as well. It is. This is an unhappy Scott Hall for reasons I'll talk about later. But this is Scott Hall that isn't that keen on working with Jarrett tonight. But he puts himself in there, and he's, you know, he's again one of the he's even phoning it in, if you would call it that. One of the best workers in the world. Really, and really good. Scott Hall. Because Scott Hall, again, uh, if people know their history, wouldn't be in WWF for that much longer after this as well. He would, yeah, he would put another year in and that's it, he's gone. It was um, May 27th, 1996, that he <laughs> um, entered WCW. In, yeah, in the bash notes. Yeah, dude, you know, I've got, you know, it's... um. We, we like to be thorough on this podcast because we Very. love what we do and we want you to go away and watch this pay-per-view. We don't want to just break it down to the point of where there's no point in you watching it. Um, we, we want you to go away from this and go, yeah, let's, you know, let's go and watch it now. Um, so, yeah, and we Absolutely. like to give a bit of background to We the encourage situation. everyone to watch it. Yeah. Um. I really like the way Jarrett and Hall work together, or Razor. They yep. work together really well. It's smooth. It's, you know. Now, I'm going to bring on my first controversial point. Go. Of all three episodes so far. And there will be one every now and again from me and from you. Hot takes. The hot take. I've got this as, as a hot take. Right. This version of Jeff Jarrett would have been a great world champion. There would be some people that would disagree with you. I'm sure there would. But, but this I'm version not of Jarrett, yeah. This version of Jarrett is really technically gifted in the ring, can go. He's clearly hated, like as heel heat, not just hated for being hated's sake. You know, he's he's got he's got the tools here. And this this version of Jarrett is a much better version of the Jarrett that wins a world title in WCW in 99-2000. Slap nuts, Jeff Jarrett. Yeah. I, this version of Jarrett is brilliant. And I think he, if they were going to put a heel as you know, champion, which they eventually don't, you know, it could have been Jeff Jarrett. Why yeah. not? Yeah, I mean, he, he had the roadie, uh, second generation superstar. He had, he had, he, he had, he had the charisma. He, um, you know, he worked matches fairly well with the psychology and the angles. Um, he knew how to get around in the ring. And he did. You know, he used to throw himself about a bit. Um, the, the first five minutes of this match, he was getting slapped about. He actually leaves yeah. the ring with a bloody nose. Um, he does, yeah. In this match. But I think that might have been from the one, two, three kids involvement later on in the match. Because um, basically the one, two, three kid is there to stop the roadie getting involved because yeah. um, at this, by this point, the one, two, three kid had beaten Razor Ramon on uh, Raw. Yeah. 93. Yeah. 93. Um, and gave him one hell of a match on Raw. Um, and Razor respected him after that and, you know, gave him props and whatnot. Yeah. So uh, he was there to stop the roadie getting involved and basically just let them two have a match because, Jeff Jarrett had got the title from Razor previously, correct? 
Uh, yes, they've been uh, around. They've been around the circuit quite a bit. Basically, he stole it basically in 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 classic heel fashion, um, and this match doesn't divert much from that um, as well. There's there's a great double punch spot. I really enjoyed it. It worked perfectly in this. When they match. both, bam. yeah, it's. I think it's done really well. You don't see it that often. No, you know, not many people can probably pull it off. Yeah, but yeah, it goes really well. Um, I have a complaint: is that Razor spends too much time in the figure four. Okay. Either either you have the finish as it is. Yeah. Or Razor gets out of it quickly. It doesn't make the figure four look tough. And maybe that was the point. Maybe that was a plan to discredit the figure four at this point. All right. You know, because the figure four is a prominent move used on another show in another company. <clears throat> yeah. With make another character move. similar to Jeff Jarrett. Yeah. But I don't know. It just feels like he should have he should have either got out of it quickly or you know, or they that's how they finish it. And they don't finish it like that. No, they do not. It's, it's a it's a cheap finish for WrestleMania. Yeah. You know, a good match that, you know, it happens every now and again. A, a match that people are into, a match that people are enjoying, gets a gets a sloppy finish or something that we don't like. It's a and, schmoz, as they call it. Yeah. Rody clips the knee. Razor's knee. So he can't hold him up in the razor's edge. Yeah. Um, I really enjoyed Rody's bumping for Kid. Oh, great. I thought he went he went everywhere for for one two three kids kicks and spin kicks and stuff. I thought it was really good. I, I really like you know those two probably could have worked really well together. Yeah, you know I'm sure they did, but my memories aren't what they used to be. I'll have to we'll have to rewatch more '95 stuff. I mean they're both they're both um, future Degeneration X members. Yeah, and um, Jarrett puts the figure four on one two three kid and this is where i think jared gets his bloody nose right razor might catch him or someone else might catch when him when he in jumps there. in and starts hammering him getting yeah. off the kid <laughs> jim ross jim ross tells double j he should be ashamed should i'm be not ashamed. sure <laughs> and you know what's funny when 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 uh, the kid gets involved in that the, the the king turns around and says get that kid out there he's a delinquent um, yeah. That just <laughs> just made me laugh. Uh, and Jim Ross, yeah, you should be ashamed of yourself. And then that prompts one of the greatest lines as well from WrestleMania that um, stuck in my memory as well, where Jeff Jarrett walking away says, uh, payback is a you-know-what, boy. Um, you-know-what. Yeah, you know, payback is you-know-what. Pay-per-view you know and they still can't say the word. Yeah. Um, you know, I really... Quite an enjoyable match, not a great finish, but they both both work really well together. And uh, Double J walks away with the um, champion. with the championship. Um, this brings me to the original plan, something that hasn't been spoken of much. It is detailed quite well in, and you'll have to forgive me for bringing it up. James Dixon's Titan Sinking. What a great book that is! It's all about 1995 in. World Wrestling Federation, but Scott Hall details that in January the, the original plan was for him to turn heel and face The Undertaker. Undertaker faces King Kong Bundy later on in the show, which in all fairness is a downgrade for him as well. 
Scott Hall says that he's really looking forward to it. They've even got vignettes filmed. I wish we could see them because there's one where The Undertaker pushes Razor into an open grave. And all of that stuff seems like, obviously we always love finding lost footage and watching it, but that looks like it could be a lot of fun. Um, Vince gets cold feet on it and decides to go with Bundy and puts Razor in another match with Jarrett, doesn't turn him heel. You know, could it could eventually cost Scott Hall money here and could be one of the reasons why he jumps. I mean, he does end up with the Intercontinental belt again. He does. And he also ends up on Jerry Springer. Sure, um, I have seen that clip. Yeah, when it, there's like two little kids that have AIDS um, and he goes on there as Razor Ramon with the belt and he, he gives the belt to one of the kids and he says, I'll get another one. You have this. And, and I'll tell you what, he says one of the great, I mean, you can find this on YouTube. If you type in Razor Ramon on Jerry Springer, um, he says something like, crazy, yeah. he says something about these kids. He says, look, you know, you, you're not a quitter. You're a fighter. If you know, you, you just, you, you, you don't lose if you never quit or something like that. And it's just really like, you know, oh, it gets you, gets you in your, in it pulls at your heartstrings. Yeah. Um, so watch that, right? Cause this is, around that time where obviously he gets the strap back, he goes on Jerry Springer and then literally within a month he is gone. He's gone. So no wonder he don't give a shit about giving the belt to a little kid. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we've already talked to like, you know, Razor's not that happy here. He, you know, he explains himself that he phones in this performance against Jarrett. You wouldn't know it because he's working really well with him, but he's unhappy because he wants, he wants that spot with the undertaker. Well, and... well, well. Think about think about what had happened in the previous WrestleMania, um, the previous WrestleMania, which was WrestleMania ten. Um, him and Sean absolutely tore the house down with a ladder match, uh, one of the greatest ladder matches in history, if not the best, and probably the first major ladder match in any pay per view. Really, I know Jake yeah. Roberts had some in Canada. Um, before like many, Sean, let Sean do one on um, on a VHS. Uh, so it might be the Smack and Whack on tape. Oh, okay. But yeah, Brett and Sean do one in '92, which um, is oh, really right. good. Which is probably maybe the idea came from Canada because they did yeah. have some in um, Stu Hart's territory before. Yeah, I'm pretty uh, sure that's where they came from. Yeah. Um, but it wasn't. It never really went really that big. But the the you know you can see from Razor's point of view. Look, we, you know we tore the house down at WrestleMania ten. Ambitious here, yeah. He's you know, he's and they did tear. They, I mean, there's we'll do WrestleMania ten at one point, and that was a standout match. I mean, you 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 can't whack that match. Um, no. Razor versus Sean at um, WrestleMania ten. They're both buddies. Um, and they absolutely tore the fucking house down. Absolutely, t- you know. So you can see why Razor would want to be. He wants elevated. to push on. He wants, you know, and you know, who knows? A heel Razor might have been champion too. You know, everyone wants to be top dog, and Re- and Scott Hall's no different here. Yeah. You know, it might feel like a bit of a bit of a knockdown to be working with Jeff Jarrett again, but they have a good match, and it's it's fun for 
was fun for us anyway. Yeah, it was good. Enjoyed it. Uh, Nicholas Tuturo in the green room with Jenny McCarthy. <laughs> right. Gets, gets interrupted by Shawn Michaels and my personal favourite, the star of this whole segment. Yes. Sid. Sid <laughs> just starts yelling. He, you know what, yeah? yeah. <laughs> right. This, for me, is one of the... the, the <laughs> there's also... A, Sid is absolute gold. I'm really sorry, guys, but he's, absolute. Ab- he's absolute gold. Um, There's a moment we will... When we get to the end of this and we get to the title match, the part of the... As you, as you can see from the video cover, <laughs> the main event was LT and Bam Bam Bigelow, but the title match and the figures of Diesel and Shawn Michaels are bigger. Which And it should have been the main event. But obviously because of Lawrence Taylor, um, it was kind of degraded. And I mean, Diesel-Shawn Michaels match, we cannot take anything away from that match in this. But there's... um. Sid is Shawn Michaels, obviously his valet. And there's a moment after the Diesel Shawn Michaels match, they have a little interview after yeah. the match. And oh, Sid is he's absolutely is gold. gold. But he, he oh, we'll get to that. But this segment, Jordan, you are absolutely correct. Sid, this is possibly one of my all-time favourite Sid moments. It, it has to be, you know. It's brilliant. He just, you know, without doing the whole promo, you know, he just. What do you think? What do you think Diesel's doing right now, Nick? He's sitting there and he's got a fire in his belly. You know what that fire is? Fear. (laughs) And he says a load of other stuff. And then the final. Oh, dude, it's absolutely fantastic. You can see the guys behind him. You've got. The, the, the million dollar team, because you've got Jenny McCarthy, who is basically there with Nick Taturo, and they're talking about, you know, you, you've got, who is it, like, Karma and other people, and Jenny McCarthy's yeah. like, oh, no, we don't, oh, I don't want them guys, no. And then Shawn Michaels comes in, she's like, oh, but him, oh, I like him. And then he comes in with Sid, and then you can see the guys in the background when Sid's doing this promo, and he's just... They're laughing. You've got IRS yeah. drinking a <laughs> absolute gold. Pro- just proper laughing because you. Oh, I I don't want to spoil this promo, but it's like the way he says a specific line and then he says it again afterwards. Once that there's a there's about a twenty second gap where everyone's like Jenny McCarthy's face is in absolute shock because yeah. he's screaming, and then. He, like Nick Taturo starts saying something else and then he repeats the line again, like grabs the camera and gets in front and repeats the final line again. It's just. Absolute start. We've, we've, we've spoke about Sid already um, and we'll continue to talk about Sid because I mean, the guy is money. It's gold. This promo yeah. alone, he's earned his wages. I don't care. Just, what do you think he's doing right now, Nick? He's sitting there. He's got a fire in his belly. You know what that fire is? fear it's just it's absolute gold like you know i've watched sid's um shoot interviews as well really interesting uh interesting stuff um just absolute gold this promo you know it's you know you think he's gonna mess it up 
but he kind of does, but kind of doesn't. And then he says the final line again and just, please watch, please watch this pay-per-view. Please watch it, guys. Uh, Unless there's any uh, Coliseum video, there's our next match, King Kong Bundy. God bless him. Uh, What a guy. With Ted DiBiase from the corporation. Yeah. Against The Undertaker, who's... There's no talks of streaks here. You know, it's another appearance for Undertaker with Paul Bearer. Uh, Ted and King Kong Bundy have the urn, which is a big deal at this point. And and the urn, if I may say, it wasn't just the little one that people think of when they think of The Undertaker. <laughs> it was repossessed by IRS um, <laughs> previously. Um, and yeah. this thing was absolutely huge. It was like a bloody vase. This thing was... Massive. It was like the FA Cup. It's massive. In the the midst of all this, we have Todd sitting in the crowd with a Chicago bear whose name escapes me right now. Yeah. But getting, you know, a prediction out of him. Getting in the three-point stance. Yeah, he gets him in the three-point stance as well. (laughs) I'm not sure why. Who was instructing him at this point? Great stuff. Was it it Kevin? Was it Bruce Pritchard? Was it someone there just trying to wind him up? I'm not sure. (laughs) <laughs> um, little note on King Kong Bundy he ends up parlaying the name Bundy into a TV career he ends up in Married with Children as one of the Bundy cousins no like, way it's I mean Married with Children I think it's quite funny anyway like it's probably past its time but <laughs> I swear in big out of it in in, in one of these in one of these interviews, no, I tell you what, it's in the in the WCW thing that we uh, that we look at after this. Bobby the Brain Heenan says someone's got hair like Peg Bundy. Like Peg Bundy is psychosis. Yeah, it's psychosis. Because <laughs> he's got hair like Peg Bundy. It's yeah, it's crazy. Like I mean, I'm fair play to you know Mr. Bundy for getting himself a gig as playing one of these giant like cousins of Al you know it's it's good fun and we'll move on to the match Larry Young a baseball umpire is a referee I'm not sure why this is I'm not really sure how this ties into anything they just wanted him on TV it's just another celebrity um you know they're they're obsessed at this time um, with getting people involved, you know, in in it would be going going forward, they would get them more involved in the wrestling aspect of it anyway. Um, you know, going forward, we had Mike Tyson guest referee and all this kind of stuff. You know, um, it was they were just chucking celebrities in willy nilly. I mean, they had one of the kids from freaking Home Improvement in this one, dude. You know, but but he does have a great vignette with a good with with Bob Backlund. Very good. Yeah, well. Um, this match, I've read about this match quite a bit, and you know, Taker hates it. Bundy will admit that it's not his best work. Um, it's, it feels like they're not really sure where to go with this. Taker gets the urn, place goes nuts, absolutely nuts, for a man getting an urn, getting a vase. There's a, a light car. that comes yeah, out of it as well. Where Ted goes are... reinforcements. Yep. Out comes karma. 
Big Karma, Charles Wright, Godfather, Papa Shango. Yeah. You know, I mean, a great character. Great character. Karma um, was great. The extreme fighting machine. Yeah. Um, he would eventually take the urn. And on his way to the back, he tells JR he's going to melt it and turn it into a chain. The beginnings of the Godfather. Yeah, he, uh, he turns it into a chain. It's um, again, again, reading on this point from the book uh, from Titan Sinking, Taker and Bundy run out of places to go in this match. There's a lot of clotheslines, you know, a lot of punches, and Bundy just runs out of ideas. And Taker ends up telling him, let's just take this home. Let's just finish it. And I liked I liked the start of this match. And I liked the idea of, um, you know, the Undertaker, the pop for Taker when he comes bit. out. The roof bit. nearly goes off the place. Um, you know, and then Bundy is great because when the lights go down and the Undertaker comes down... When the Undertaker's then in the ring and Bundy's facing him, Bundy doesn't look scared. He's looking yeah, at him and he's like, it. you know, doing his his, his teeth gnashing. Um, Bundy's a you know. guy simply afraid of him. Yeah, you know, you know and it, it, it was great, the build-up for it and that, you know. But like you say, it seemed like they just run out of things to do. Yeah, there's a lot of clotheslines. Yeah, you know, flying. But old school's great in this. Where he hops yeah. up on, walks on the ropes, and that great stuff. I'm gonna say at this point, you know, this version of the Undertaker couldn't tombstone him if he wanted to. No. Um, it's it's a body slam followed by the move of the match, the clothesline, uh, of almost a flying one from the Undertaker off the ropes yeah. for the win. Yes. Yeah. You know, Taker's streak moves on. Ted is cursing Bundy. Which would eventually get him kicked out of the corporation. Yeah, <clears throat> it's not it's not a great match, but you know it's you know it's fun to see how how over Taker is and how lasting his gimmick will be. I mean, it's, it's, at this point, know, it moves it moves Taker onto Karma. One of you know another it's another feud for him to try and get his earned chain back. Um, well, at, by this point, Bundy and Undertaker had been both in four WrestleManias each. Yeah. Uh, um, King references that, doesn't he? Yeah, he does. He says, and this yeah. is why he, he was like a bit of an encyclopedia all through this. He references it. He keeps coming up with things. Um, one highlight for me in this match uh, was the guy dressed as Undertaker in the crowd. Um, <laughs> so, a little bit of cosplay. Yeah, it was great. Um Nicholas Totoro again with Nick's working hard tonight. He's got a lot of work here. Um, he's outside Pamela Anderson's dressing room. And this is where he's interrupted by your good friend, Steve Mongo McMichael. Yeah. Now, I like these little clips, these little uh, little comments from each football player saying what they're going to do to each member of the corporation. I think it's just fun. And because they know, all I can't remember, what yeah, they've all, got, they've all got a guy, don't they? Yeah, they've all got one guy they picked out and what they're going to do. But obviously, Mongo steals a show because he's a big star. Mm -hmm. 
and he's got a big job coming soon in the WCW. We then go to Backlund, Bob Backlund, playing chess with Jonathan Taylor Thomas. It's <laughs> great. The kid, the kid wins it. It's I'm one of the sure. greatest promos in wrestling, I think. It was, it, it, the only problem was Nick Taturo going back and forwards with the mic. He um, didn't quite have it. It didn't quite catch all of the um, all of the answers and the way that they were going back and forth. But yeah, great premise, great promo, and and the character of Mister Bob Backlund, um, really good, really really good. Yeah. The, the Taylor Thomas wins the chess match. Backlund just starts kicking off at him, saying, "You know, this is what's wrong with you kids today." Asking him questions which the boy has answers to. And then back because we know it all. <laughs> it's yeah, like... it's really good. Good stuff. And again, you were right earlier on. This is you know it, it's Backlund's home hometown. Yeah. And you know they're trying to make him look silly. I mean, they would something they would do quite a lot with someone like Jr. But I didn't think they'd do it to Backlund. It was good where, where the king says, uh, "Yeah, this is ho- ho- hometown for Bob Backlund." He says, "Yeah," and he's thinking of moving. Listen to this crowd. <laughs> Next, it's Owen Hart oh, and oh, his mystery partner. No, no. Oh, we've, got, we, we've, got we've got a Coliseum got video exclusive. Oh, see, I'm missing all the good stuff. It was Gorilla Monsoon Coliseum exclusive with Paul Bearer and The Undertaker. Oh, okay. Nice little, nice little promo. Um, where The Undertaker says quite a lot. He wasn't a massive talker. Um, wow. But he says quite a lot. Quite good. Quite a good little promo. You see, this is why you have the VHS tapes, people. You're missing unless, stuff. Unless they're WCW ones where they cut a load of matches out. But let's not get started on Ted Turner again. We've both got problems here. It's all right. It's tag team title time. It's Owen Hart and his mystery partner against the Smoking Guns. And Owen is, you know, Owen's comedy gold at times. He's brilliant on the mic. He just, he can make you laugh even without doing anything, I think, in my opinion. And the surprise partner is Yokozuna. This Now, I'm hearing massive cheers. I'm hearing a pop for Yoko. Yeah. Two-time heavyweight champion. And Yoko is clearly over with the crowd. It's he's massive. He's absolutely huge here. And but in person, he's absolutely huge here too. Probably the biggest that you you would see Yokozuna, Possibly, yeah. um, size wise. Um, Yoko wasn't happy with this. He felt like it was a demotion. Um, but. For everyone, for anyone and everyone that was around it, they said that Owen made Yoko feel like a star and feel like, you know, this wasn't going to be a demotion. They were going to be tag champions. They were going to put everything into it. And again, that's just testament to Owen. That's just how great he was, how like he could make it, make anything feel like it was special. And I mean, the smoking guns, where are you on the smoking guns? Not a fan. Um, I, 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 I thought they, uh, 
well, it, uh, they they just they were just a very American gimmick. Um, the moustaches wasn't a fan. Um, I was a fan when Sonny was involved. Um, <laughs> yeah, that comes later. Yeah. Um, but other than that, really, I, I mean, they had some good tag team moves. They had gr- a great, um, like there a side sidewalk slam with the yeah. leg drop. Yeah. Um, they they were a good team. They used to work together, and I used to I used to like the theme tune that and they come down and shoot in the you know it was I, uh, they were good. Vince and Vince and King cut away, and the guns you know but this is just after Yoko's come out. The guns still reckon they're gonna win. They're surprised that it's Yoko. Um, Jerry Lawler says the bigger the cowboy hat, the smaller the brain. Yeah, fantastic. I, yeah, this. <laughs> For some reason in this, like, again, Jerry Lawler's doing his thing and, you know, he's referencing a lot of older stuff that they've done. He references the Blue Blazer. He does, because he says, yeah. on the, he says, it's fate, McMahon. On this night, seven years ago or whatever, nine years ago, um, was it seven years ago in 1988 or whatever? 1989, yeah. sorry. It, right, yeah. yeah, he it's the debut of the Blue Blazer. Yeah, he does reference it. Yeah. Um, it's yeah. It, I I'm really I I don't mind this match. You know, it's it's good fun. I I Owen, thought, Owen's I a great, great heel. Owen's a brilliant heel here. Like he's technically brilliant as well, which always you know always catches my eye when there's someone like Jarrett. You know, you know someone that's just so good in the ring, you just can't take your eyes off it. And that for me is what Owen was doing. Um, again, my my notes have Yoko is huge here. He's massive. He does a great absolute bump great. out of the ring in this as well. For a big guy, he does an absolutely great bump outside yeah. of the ring where he just, he, he, he literally goes flying out in between the middle of the rope and just, it's absolutely fantastic. Um, you know, they've got, they work great as a team. I think Owen Hart and uh, Yoko, they do like yeah. this drop toe hold and then Yokozuna does a leg drop on the back of the head. Um, great, just well, great, yeah, great is, stuff. We get to, I mean, you talk about the double team moves. There's a double team neck breaker by the smoking guns on Owen, which just looks brutal, but it's really well done. Yeah. They work well together, Billy and Bart and what have you. Yeah. But, I mean, you didn't like the team. As such, you know, I the gimmick. I mean, it's it's very gimmicky for '95, but there's still more gimmicks to come. It's not the worst of it. Yoko with that massive leg drop on Billy. You know that that could have ended any match. I think you mm-hmm. know you could hear the crowd take a gasp when Yoko's about mm-hmm. to drop a leg. There's um there's some good cheap pops at the beginning where they wave the Japanese flag as well. Uh, yeah, they uh, yeah they they waving the Japanese flag around trying to get some heat, which is difficult when the people want to cheer for Yoko. Yeah, because he hits Billy with a belly to belly suplex, mm-hmm. and you can hear the place they're rumbling for something big that's about to happen, and they're loving Yoko. I'm pretty sure Owen's still got his heel heat here. Because it's just Owen. He's yeah. just, he's not going to let him get the better of him. And Yoko drops the bonsai. 
and it looks just so good. There's just, I don't think there's, you know, a way to pull out of a bonsai drop. There's no way to ignore it. It's a 500 plus pound man jumping and sitting on someone. Mm-hmm. And this is where I can't stop laughing. I enjoy this bit really, really well. Like, Yoko tags Owen. Owen threatens to put on the sharpshooter. Yeah. Looks around, thinks, nah, just pin him. Like, yeah. His heel. That that's is. Be- yeah, that's because he doesn't want to use the sharpshooter out of spite for his brother. Because that's he, right. That, for, for spite for his brother. Because at the beginning of the match, he says, this man does something, did something that I couldn't do. And that's beat my brother, Brett. But the thing is, Owen does beat Brett at some point in his career. Um, Brett puts him he over in a match. Him, so, yeah. Yeah. Um, I just think it's it's brilliantly it's brilliantly heel of Owen. Brilliant. You know, he, he could stick on the sharpshooter if he wants it, but he's like, fuck it. Pin yeah. him. He pins you know, him. He's and beat, it's, he's done. it's a great and moment. It is a great moment. Yeah. We've got new tag team champions. And oh, it's a great, I love this team. I, love I think them. these together was brilliant. They're one of my favourite tag teams of all time. And it seems like they shouldn't be. It seems like they shouldn't go together. And it was another no, one of these... It's an odd couple. It was the odd couple. And they, it's another one of these tag teams that didn't have a name. But it didn't matter because it was Owen Hart and Yokozuna. Um, exactly. They were, they were never going to wear matching outfits. No. <laughs> All they had in common was Jim Cornette. Jim Cornette and a hatred of Brett. Yep. That was it. Yep. But it worked. And, you know, Jim Cornette's really good as well. You know, let's not forget what Jim does. Mm-hmm. Jim's a Jim's an amazing talker around this time. You know, he's... I always thought Jim added, like, to, to some teams, not to all teams, because I think, you know, the heavenly bodies and all that was a bit hokey, but... Mm-hmm. Yeah, Jim Cornette works really well with Owen, like, you know, and part of Camp Cornette or whatever they want to call it. Yeah. Because, you know, it's it's just, you know, eventually they're going to bring in Vader, aren't they? Yeah. And, yeah, it's good, it's good stuff. Um, Todd, my man Todd, is with Bam Bam, talking about media hype. Oh, did they, did they the not, did you not get the bit about the All Access weekend? No. You know, like WrestleMania weekend. Vince, you're doing it to me again. He's doing it. So there was a bit on the video where they show about the All Access weekend and you actually catch a glimpse of um, Max Payne playing the guitar because he'd gone to WWF at this point after being fired by WCW. He was under the name Man Mountain Rock. This Um, is it. We talk about Max Payne in only the... Our last episode. That's right. Um, and yeah, here he is. And they, they, they gave him the name um, Man Mountain Rock. He was begging Man, them to be Max Payne again. And they were like, no. But he's there on this All Access weekend. You just catch him. He's wearing like a Dude Love. It looks like the Dude Love yeah, t-shirts, tie-dye. the tie-dye ones. Um, with a, a guitar with the WWF symbol. Um, it's a good looking guitar I'll give him that it's a great yeah you know Um, so yeah that's one bit another bit that I just had to interject that they had on the VHS before the uh, Bam Bam promo which was absolutely fantastic by the way yeah 
it's, it's Todd with Bam Bam talking about the media hype for this match, and Bam Bam is is gold. He's, you know, he's on point with this. He really, you know, gets it. Like he he know he knows he's putting in the performance of his life tonight, and he's lapping up every last drop of it. And fair play to him. He says what we're all thinking as well. He says, as a guy going to come in and not into my world, this is Bam Bam's world. You're not going to come into Bam Bam's world and make me look stupid. He said, you know what I mean? And then even the king says after this, he said, you know, a guy's basically coming in off the street. And then Vince goes off the street. And he's like, well, off the gridiron, whatever. Um, yeah. You know, and it's a valid point, you know, a valid point, really. Um it's now time for the I quit match. Bret Hart and Bob Backlund. Bret, you know, and Bob have a feud from late 94 where Backlund takes the belt from Bret at Survivor Series. They need to finish this feud. It should probably should have finished before this, but they get to an I quit match at WrestleMania. Special referee which for some reason they didn't announce before the show. No. I think that's crazy. It would have probably got more in, but they, you know, it's a surprise special referee, Rowdy Roddy Piper. The place goes mental. Mm-hmm. It is a massive pop for Piper. It comes out. Now this bit I like because it's no fucks given. He just tells the photographers move. Yeah. He walks to the ring, just says, get out the way. And they do, they move. You know, Piper's a legend. You know, you do what he tells you. Because I'm sure if one of them didn't, they were going to get it. And um, um, but basically, you've, you've, got, um, you've got Vince McMahon saying, do you, uh, do, saying to the king, do, do you remember him? Do you remember Piper? And he goes, <laughs> oh, I remember him, McMahon. I can't stand him. He's like, how, how, he, how he managed to cheat loads of people and he's like what do you mean he's like well he made everyone think he was that great and he wasn't you know i don't know if it was genuine heat or if it was just um well, they, they had a feud possibly didn't, didn't they those two maybe the year before i'm not yeah it, it could be king delivering off some real heat who knows because king also comes out with the point that um uh brett the hitman heart had a match with at WrestleMania Piper, eight yeah. with Piper. Um, my take on this: Brett's the biggest star in the company at the time. Can you change my mind? Um, I mean, he he, he is one of the biggest stars there. I think Shawn Michaels is up there. Yeah, uh, with him. Um, and like I say, this is Hogan's not around anymore. The Warriors not around no more. Um, you know they'd lost a few guys. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I mean Brett. Brett. No, I'll I will agree. Brett. Brett was the pop for Brett the Hitman Hart when he came out. I've got Bret Hart pop in capitals exclamation. It was, yeah. <laughs> you know, the roof goes off. Um, 
the minute this match started and Piper got hold of that microphone, this match was dead. It was done for because it became comedy. Yeah, it was. It was like he even he even asked Brett's got Brett's got Backlund in a hold and he asked Backlund and then he asked Brett straight away after. What do you say? Brett in his book, you know, it's a great book. Says you know, make to the point that like this is his worst, one of his worst matches. Really, he hates he hates it, and you know it's it must be difficult for Brett. Brett is you know a perfectionist in the ring most of the time at this point, and I mean this match just, I mean it falls apart with the whole microphone in the facing and Piper shouting, "What do you say?" Because you can hear the fans laughing. Yeah. And, you know, that's not Brett's style. Brett's not comedy. Very serious about his work. And, you know, I noticed that King is still mocking Stu after all these years. Oh, it's fantastic. He's not letting up. No. Um, it's, it's a shame because, you know, it's a Bret Hart match at a WrestleMania. And I've not got a lot of notes on it. It is... Um... Is it is it the Owen match where he says uh he says oh Owen's Owen's smarter than his brother Brett Brett still thinks old Yeller's a story about Stu Hart's tooth and then and then the King says something in this match about yeah Stu Hart's been wrestling so long I went to Egypt and saw a hieroglyph of Stu Hart with King Tut in a headlock yeah. He's still going. He's still gunning for Stu at this point. And it's it, so I mean, good. It, it's, you know, it's kind of sad that it's part of the highlights of the match. Yeah. But you know, and something I noticed. I mean, because this match isn't. It's not something to write home about. It's not something to you can really stay that positive about, apart from the king and stuff. It's you know that Backlund doesn't give up in the chicken wing. Yeah, he, he doesn't say I quit. Wing. He doesn't say I quit. No, he doesn't say <laughs> I quit. It's it's one I of the mean, more got... baffling things that I've ever seen in this. It's an I quit match. Yeah. And yeah, Piper just sort of calls for the bell, which doesn't make any sense. And, you know, I've got in the notes, I, I don't like to say it this much, you know, horrible match. Brett hates it, so do I. You know, that's it. Um, did you did you catch the bit of the beginning of the match where Bret Hart's walking towards the ring and he's high-fiving people and he high-fives someone and they slap his hand really hard and he goes, ah, oh, fuck, like that. And he, he <laughs> yeah, that. like if you catch it, watch him walking and he, fuck, he high-fives someone so hard and slaps his hand, he goes, ah, oh, fuck, like that. And he's like, you know, when he's walking into the ring, like, ah. That for I, me, I, don't I, have that I cocked it as well. Um, I have, um, I have that Bob Backlund saw the light after the match. Oh, it's with great. Jim Ross. Um, it, it, but the thing is, as well, um, JR says to him, You said I quit, Bob. You, you, you said I quit, and I'm like, He didn't say I quit. He didn't say it. I, I mean. It must be a must be a must have been a cock up or a mistake somewhere. Whether it was Backlund himself for not saying it or Piper for it's Piper. I think that. Piper because he, he was. He, I mean, I, one of my favourite moves in wrestling um, is the cross face chicken wing. 
it, it's uh, I, I love the move. Absolutely fantastic. And I thought, you know, the fact that they were, when they were trying to do it and Backlund had it on Brett and he was trying to get him down and then Brett done it and then he put his foot on, you know, back of the knee to get him down and all that. Yeah. Um, it was it was good um, that bit, but the um, best part of the story of the match, yeah, yeah. But he never yeah. uh, he never said I quit, um, and I think the only thing that Backlund was going to be going no no no, and then and then after he was going to say I quit, and then he was going to do. It. I think it was Piper's fault. I think I, I mean sorry, Roddy. Um, you know yeah. you're the one that called it, bro. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Mm. We we move on. Uh, Nicholas Satoro, bless him, he's still working. He's he's rocking it tonight. Can't find Pamela Anderson. No, and that's that's the only bit I got from that. Um, and we go back to Todd, our man Todd, who's also grafting tonight. He's with Diesel. Well, you've and... got you've got a bit of that where Nicholas uh, where where the King says, yeah, all I because Satoro goes, yeah, we can't I can't find Pammy, we can't find him. Sorry, if we you know at this point we don't know where she is. And then the King says. All I know is, McMahon, the, the last thing I heard, Shawn Michaels was trying to get her to get a tattoo. <laughs> Something. <laughs> Todd is with Diesel. Diesel, it looks like he messes up. He does. He does, yeah. A little bit, yeah. He just starts shouting. Yeah. And, you know, I feel for him because it's, it's you know, it's, it's live, pal. You know? Yeah. And Diesel must... He messes up his lines just enough to realise that he's done it and just starts shouting. And yeah. the promo is just it just sort of goes all over the place. He, he he accidentally says something about conceding the title or something. And then he says, yeah. conceding the, the well, I just need to keep hold of this belt. Like he just kind <laughs> of loses it a little bit. Um yeah, I clocked that as well. Um it's it's part one of our Double, I'm calling it a double main event because it's a championship match. Yeah, it's part one of our double main event. It is, a, it is a double main event. It's the match that probably should have gone on last, and Diesel and Sean lobbied for it. They wanted it on last, and Vince just wouldn't give in. He decided that the other match was going on last, which is always, you know, the championship match is the main event, except for you know. I'm guessing you know Rock and Cena went on last when they weren't the main. There wasn't a championship involved, but this went on last, and this one doesn't go on last. Sorry, and it's got everything. It's got everything that to the point where it should have been the main event. You know, timekeeper, ring announcer. You know, all of this stuff. I I know, fully and- believe. Yeah, I fully believe this is Diesel, aka Kevin Nash's greatest match he's ever been in. Really. Yep. Name okay, name I'm... someone name another match that Diesel has been in where he has done more than his eleven move move set in. I'm gonna I'm gonna pick I'm gonna pick one out. I'm gonna say Survivor Series ninety five with Brett. Right, I all right. That's... Well that also is a great match, but the fact that Diesel and Sean are friends and they worked both of them. I mean, Sean worked his ass off this match. He absolutely worked his ass off. Um, Diesel worked his ass off this match. Um, it, it was, it was, it was really, really good from both guys. Um, it went on quite a long time. It was, 
a fairly long match. But like you say, it should have been, it should have gone on last. It had the guest timekeeper. It had the guest announcer. It had um, two supposed valets of the chicks. Um, it, it had, it had uh, everything. Well, this is it. We have our special guest timekeeper, Jonathan Taylor Thomas, and this is where he gets his pop, his big moment. Yeah. Um, We have our special guest ring announcer, Nicholas Tatura, who's been working all night. He must be tired. But we get a cheap pop from Nick. Yeah. I love it. You know, it's it's what the show's named after. And we get a cheap pop from Nicholas Tatura. You know, well done, Nick. He snuck it in there. Snuck it in. We also get a great comment from the King uh, who says to, to Vince McMahon when uh, Jonathan Taylor Torres, Thomas comes out, he goes, how old is this kid anyway? And he goes, oh, I don't know. He's about 13. He goes, yeah, well, that tuxedo makes him look 10 years stupider. Yeah. <laughs> King's just reeling him off all night. Yep. He's, just, he's not going to stop. Um, Shawn Michaels with Sid and Jenny McCarthy. Yeah. Now, obviously, there's a thing there. He's meant to be coming out with Pamela Anderson. He ends up walking out with Jenny McCarthy. And then Diesel comes out with Pamela Anderson, which makes Michael's all hot and bothered and out of sorts. Huge pop as um, well. Yeah, big pop. I'm, again, it says here in my notes, bone of contention that this isn't the main event, but I'm going to try and get past that. Now, Diesel, like Nash has admitted that Shawn Michaels is trying to upstage him here. Even though they're friends, even though they're in the clique, which is a thing. He's overselling hard. He he says that Michaels is trying to upstage him and blow him up by running rings around him quickly. Yeah. And you see that until Nash throws him a forearm shot, which is just a little bit heavier than it should be. Yeah. Michael sells it like a like an absolute genius in the ring which he is. He's one of the greatest. Yeah. But it's just a shot to let Sean know to slow down. I'm not ready to to kick this up a notch. And, you know, Michaels was known for that. He was known for running around, trying to blow people up, trying to upstage, trying to be, you know, the star show. This is is 1990 Sean Michaels, which isn't everybody's favourite version of him, wrestlers in particular. You know, fans loved him. You know, we love Sean Michaels. Yeah. But, this is Sean being a prick. Well, in, um, in this match as well, I, I would assume um, that Sean is calling the match or they've obviously got some pre-agreed um, thing that is going to go on. But um, I would assume that Sean Michaels is calling the match. Now, when, you know, he, 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 Sean Michaels is dumped over... Pre-match, this is before the bell's even gone off, yeah. right? Diesel comes in the ring and Sean's in there and basically Diesel dumps him out of the ring and he lands on top of the photographers before the match has even started. And this begins the 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 it should have been a freeway dance with Diesel versus Sean Michaels versus the photographers because Yeah. It's a running theme in this match. It is. And and I honestly believe as soon as the first thing happens where Shawn Michaels basically, they get in his way, um, 
you know, and he drags he drags a photographer out the literally up the bloody aisle. Um, he keeps calling spots where they end up him being thrown on top of them or yeah. Diesel getting chucked out. He does it about four or five times where he's calling spots where they have to basically get chucked on the photographers. It happens multiple times. I I mean I've got here after after the elbow from or the forearm from Nash. I've got here just in big word, big letters. Sid is intense. He's great. Sid at the, you know, on the hard camera, just pounding the ring, you know, shouting and, and screaming at everything. Do you it's hear the Sid chants? Brilliant. It's just, you know, sometimes it almost you can't take your eyes off what Sid's doing. You can hear the chants in the crowd. Uh, yeah, I've got that as well. There's chance to see, and he's turning Sid. around, telling him to shut up. Yeah, he <laughs> does. He, that's the thing. And there's a, there's um there's a sign right behind him. It just says "Psycho Sid rules." Yeah. Um, he's he's accidentally because this is no fault of his own. He's accidentally stealing some a part of this show. Yeah. And I mean, I I just you don't know where to go from it because you're concentrated on these fans, like this, you know, chanting for Sid when. Michaels and Dees were doing their best to go for it. Um, there is a spot where Shawn Michaels starts shoving photographers out the out the way so that uh, Diesel can elbow the post. Yes. The ring post. Like, yes. You know, why are they there? There's, like, there's, we've already spoke about it, but... They ruined this there. match a little bit. Well, they don't because they add to it because you've got... Shawn does an absolute... The first time it happens, yeah, and Shawn gets pissed off... Is is basically he does the he, um Diesel Irish whips him into the corner and he does like the Rip Flair corner bump but he yeah. like goes up and out and he lands on the guy in the corner and then he just gets literally enraged and he drags him up the aisle out the way um and then that's when he keeps calling spots um where Diesel get, gets yeah, clotheslined over and lands on him then um Sean does like a cross body outside and Sean grabs another photographer, pulls him out of the way and that's so he so then Diesel could yeah do his ribs on the um on the on the post. I've um, got here now I'm not sure like this can go either way on Sean because it's nineteen ninety five. Either Sean is playing the role really well of looking absolutely fucked or yeah. he's had a bit of a heavy night. Well Diesel lays outside for ages at this point um, with the rib shot. Um, yeah. Diesel's lying outside and I, 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 I don't know. Um, like you say, there is something going on with Sean running all around him. And I think Diesel is lying outside maybe to call HBK off a little bit. Cause he was, he was kept calling spots where they could, land on the photographers and well, i think these yeah, was here the hbk looks absolutely zapped yeah and like i said it could have been you know 95 it's party time for sean or it could be just you know that he's just playing it really well and i would i would accept either answer it's one I, I think diesel's giving him time to chill out the pace of this match just slows right down yeah and you know, it, it's noticeable because, you know, Nash can't go this, can't go that quickly as long as Sean can. And Sean, I think, runs himself out. He runs himself into the ground a little bit. But he still pulls off that really, you know, wonderful flying elbow. Oh, it's great. Yeah. One of one of the best. It's not the best, in my opinion. 
that, you know, that honour is always going to be reserved for Macho Man Randy Savage. Or, you know, to a lesser, not even to a lesser extent, my second best one is Kyrie Sane at the moment. She does the most beautiful, insane elbow from the top rope. It's really class. Um, go check it out if you haven't, you know, seen her do it on NXT or on possibly Raw or SmackDown. Not sure what show she's on at the minute. Um, I've got here in the notes, and this is this is down to you on this one. I've always felt that Kevin Nash is incredibly likable, but Diesel is not. I didn't quite get Diesel as a character. Still don't. But Kevin Nash is hilarious. Vinny Vegas is great. Uh... Vinny Vegas too, yeah. Not so much Oz. We'll leave no. Oz out out of the contention here. No, Diesel, um, Kevin Nash is extremely uh, likeable. He's got a good character. Um, the promo, the promo before this match shows that he's got a lot of charisma. Um, yeah. If he was just going to be himself. Um, it, I, yeah. I always felt we got more out of a heel Diesel than a babyface Diesel. I always felt like Diesel as a heel just worked. Yeah, you know. I think the crowd liked him too much, though. Oh, yeah, it all goes back to, what, the 94 Rumble, where he throws out, like, eight or nine guys, and, like, you can just hear, like, the reaction's just incredible. Mm. He's just, you know, that's where, you know, they figure out that he's probably going to be a champion at some point. But, you know, we move on. There's Shawn Michaels gets his ass out. Yeah, because yeah. Why not? In, in, the, in the obligatory... Um, Shawn Michaels butt flash um, yeah. where Diesel's grabbing the back of his trousers and giving him some back shots and then he actually grabs the front of his trousers as well um, so you might yeah, have saw no, some dick root nobody wants to see that no no one needs to see Shawn Michaels <laughs> dick root um, um, switching music he hits it but for some reason Hebner's twisted his ankle it was it was um, it, it was, was Sid's fault it was Sid's fault Something happens where it's Sid's fault that he does his ankle in and then Sid picks him up and tries to throw him back in. Yeah, it it just looked hokey to me. Um, you know, Earl Hebner, bless him, is what he is. Mm-hmm. You know, he'll, he'll always be the guy that screwed Brett. And the guy that was selling dodgy shirts. Uh, yeah. Selling messed up shirts, so cheap shirts from, uh, you know, from the WWF uh, or WWE, you know, warehouse. That's right. Um, Sid exposes a turnbuckle, which, I mean, it would have been a great spot had they not messed it up. No, I, I, so is that what you're talking about? The slingshot, and then instead he goes on the middle. Yeah. I thought that was great because your heart's in your cool. mouth. Thinking, oh, he, you know. He They're too far away. They're, it's almost like a maybe a foot short or something, but they just missed that spot. And, you know, I'm guessing that would have led into the jackknife a lot, you know. The worst jackknife. The worst jackknife you've ever seen. What I've got, I've got sloppy jackknife for the win. It's terrible. Oh man, I'm glad I'm glad we've we've met on this because it's it's rubbish. 
it's horrible. It's not even a jackknife. He he barely. Yeah. It's like he, he gets him up, but then just literally flops down. I think Diesel's just blown blown up at this point. Maybe it could be that he's blown up, or he could be just that he's sick of it. It's not. It's you know the jackknife is a is a brilliant power bomb, but it's it doesn't work to, in, on this one. And do you reckon? Do you reckon it was Sean? Do you reckon it was Sean that didn't? Uh... No, I don't think so. Be interesting to try and get some uh, info about this one because it was. I've got worst jackknife ever just written on my. I've got sloppy jackknife for the win. You know, awful. Um, Diesel celebrates with the celebrities and Vince calls him the leader of the new generation. Indeed. Um, Which is their, you know, their youth movement against the WCW and their older guys. Because they've got uh, this, the new generation symbol. Yeah. Which is, uh, they've they've got around this time, but they only used it for um, a few years. But um, just, just quickly, I've got, Diesel was only in WWF really for three years maximum. Yeah. Um, you know, and he had a run-in with Taker. Um, you know, he, he, his, um, Last WrestleMania was WrestleMania 12, you know, and he had the he In had, Your House. He had big programs, yeah. Yeah, you know, and he was like, I'm not afraid of the dark, because he, he cost The Undertaker, um, you know, uh, uh, he came in and got involved, didn't he, when The Undertaker yeah. was against Bret Hart, I think. And then um, Taker back to him, yeah. Yeah, you know, and he's like, um, hey. and he's walking down the aisle, he's like, I'm not afraid of the dark. I'm not afraid of the dark, you know. So, but Diesel did a hell of a lot in WWF for the three years. Three years he was there. Again, yeah, he uh, he up sticks with uh, with Scott Hall or Razor, and they go and make some history somewhere else. Yeah. Um, I've got Todd with uh, HBK being held up by Sid, and Sid is complaining. Uh, Sid's Sid. angry. Yeah, but he's Sid. If you watch, right, Sid is mouthing the words that Brett, uh, that uh, that uh, Sean is saying. If you watch closely, um, and it's slightly annoying. Once you see it, you can't unsee it. Um, and you you you've got, you, yeah, you've just got Psycho Sid mouthing the words that that Sean Michaels is saying in his promo. But then, yeah. He, he he brings it back, and you know he's saying, "Look, this man is not finished with you." He's like, you know, he pre- the best part of the promo is like he has to pay the severe price when he does that. Like it's just. I God. can't remember how long this feud goes on for because in 1995, I was eight, so I can't. I for the life of me, I can't remember how long this feud carries on because I'm I know that Sid and Sean eventually split and go their ways. Yeah. I mean, surely at this point, Vince knows that Sid is going to be a big player because he's just he's he's almost stolen the show, almost. But I I I mean, Vince Vince knows though. Vince knows that the people love Sid because yeah. of what happened with Hogan and Sid. He's just yeah, he's a star, and we will keep saying it until someone begs us to stop on Twitter or something. Even then, we'll <laughs> <Yeah>. carry on. 
Uh, um, is there any uh, Coliseum video bits before this next bit? No, you've got the, the you've got the Sid and HBK um, yeah. thing, and then I've we're got... straight into the second half of the main event. I've got the corporation making their entrance. Yes. Which is King Kong Bundy, Tatanka, Nikolai Volkov. <laughs> With the cents instead of the, the dollars. Jacket, yeah, on his top. I, I'm not sure what that's about. Um, IRS and Ted, DBRC. Yep. And out come the NFL team. Um, I don't know their positions. I do like the NFL, but, you know, again, 1995 is a little bit before my time. I do know some of the guys who are coming out. But uh, we've got Ken Norton, Chris Spielman, Ricky Jackson, Carl Banks, my man Mongo. Yeah. Go Mongo. And Reggie White, who, you know, again, big names in the NFL. But, I mean, I am an NFL watcher. Go Patriots. Um, are you an NFL watcher, Chris? No. Um, London Monarchs, mate. London Monarchs. Wow. There's a shout out if I ever heard one. Um, and we get to Bam Bam and LT. And this is, I mean, something you notice is Pat Patterson is the referee, yep. which is understandable. Pat probably calling the match. Yes. Trying to help LT as much as he can. Apparently Diesel trained LT. Did he? Story. I, I didn't know that. Um, LT chance. Big LT chance. Like in this, like now, where did I miss Salt and Pepper because they don't appear on the network? Um, I to be honest, they, I from what I remember watching the event originally, they sing "What a Man." Okay, but then I think they do another song when LT's coming down. Because you've got the all-pro team with the... Dun, 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 yeah, dun, the, you know, the classic sort of American dun, 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 football yeah. sports thing. Yeah. Um, and then LT comes down in a fantastic-looking tracksuit. Oh, oh, it's beautiful, isn't it? It's, beautiful. it's a shell suit like no other. Hmm. Great stuff. Um, I've got a point here to make because I've seen a lot of stuff with Pat Patterson involved, like him on the mic and that. I would, I would struggle to understand Pat. He's got that sort of thick French Canadian accent. Yeah. And him calling a match when you're blowing up as bad as LT, you'd be looking at him going, "What are you saying?" <laughs> it would drive you crazy. I, I, I think if I'm honest, he was just there. I don't know if he was calling it. I, I would imagine. Okay, that. Bam Bam and LT had probably practiced this match. Oh, a, sure. A few times. But I think you'll know, uh, as I do, we've been wrestlers, we've been in the ring, we've wrestled. When you're in the ring, one Different. of the things we, we were told when we were training is, if you think you're going too slow, go slower. Go down. Right? Yeah. Isn't it? If you think you're going too slow, go slower. Do everything slow and methodical. Even when you're doing your fast spots, do them slowly. Because it, 
when you rush things and you do things quickly, you don't have time to sell. You don't have time to do anything, right? So LT, I think Bam Bam had to catch him with a few. I think he hit him with a few stiff shots as well because just to yeah, just to just remind to say, him. Look, so, and yeah. you can see him putting their heads together and Bam Bam hitting him with a few headbutts and saying to him, "Look, fucking slow down, dude," or but I'm "Stay also, down." I'm also sure that Bam Bam's saying, "Lay it on me." Huh? Let's, let's make. I'm also yeah. He's saying, "Look, let's have it. Let's throw what you can at me." Right. Let's make it look as good as we can. Yep. And that's you know, it, like I said, this is Bam Bam's biggest night. His main event in WrestleMania. He's not going to want anything to look, you know, pulled or hokey or sloppy. He got hit hard. He got yeah. hit from the first, from the first slap. The first slap, I've got that there, the slap from LT. Mate, the first slap, then an elbow, then a stiff knee. Those three shots were just stiff as a board. And they and then he basically he's out of the ring and he's with the, the rest of DiBiase's team and all that. Um, Bam Bam will bump like crazy to get this one over. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's beautiful. You know, there's a nice bulldog from LT that Bam Bam takes, you know, yeah. and sells it off. You know, but it all comes to a screeching halt because LT is blown up. He's basically LT. lying, lying on the floor at, at Bam yeah. Bam's feet um, at one point because there, there, there is a, there's a, it, it, it starts off okay with LT coming on strong, but then there's a really nice bit where Bam Bam looks in control as he should be. He's, he's, yeah. he's kicking him while he's down. He's doing. Um, head butts, um, yeah, you know, he, he's absolute gold and he looks really in control and he's looking around and he's playing the crowd and he's just, it's just fantastic to watch. Um, but then, yeah, I mean, LT, he, I mean, anyone who's wrestled will know being in a ring for even five or ten minutes, you feel like you've been in there for a flipping hour, man. It is. Yeah. It is. It does make you wonder how some of these guys could do these Iron Man matches and stuff. Oh, it's dude! The best of shape to do it, and you know, you you will blow up in a ring. Quickly. I've thrown up, dude, many times wrestling, and that was for ten, fifteen minutes going. I mean, even we found <laughs> some uh, footage has emerged recently um, of JB. And our other buddy, uh, Matty Diamond Dennis, shout out to you, Matthew. Um, oh, um, I need to I need to quickly jump in on Matt Diamond Dennis. Last night, in my tired, absolute like out of out of nowhere state, I posed a question to him. I said, "I got a random question for you," and he said, "Go for it." I said, "Why was it Matt Diamond Dennis? Like all the names we were thinking of, why did no one ever come up with Cactus Matt?" <laughs> Like, we could have had him on Wanted Dead or Alive posters, on a T-shirt, everything. Cactus Matt. Cactus. That's a good <laughs> one, man. He said, he texted me back and said, fuck me, that is random. <laughs> but yeah, you some found some footage. We found, found some footage of you and Matty double-teaming me in a ring in, Ro in Romford. 
Um, oh, Len's, at Len's place. At Len's place. Shout out to Len Davis. Um, real quality wrestling. See, that, like I say, we've we've been around. We've met people. Um, you know, Matty showed me pictures of, of you guys with, you know, you showed me pictures of you and AJ Styles when they were over here. You know, oh, so... Back. I was 17. You know, we we've been we've been in the inner bowels of the of the around people in the wrestling business, you know, and we we've trained in that for a bit. We've we've been in the ring, um, and you know, the, even taking a few double team moves. There was one where you guys were, you know, you were throwing me off the ropes, doing a double hip toss, and then a, and then doing the double elbow drop. Oh. Um, I'll show you where the footage, the dude. Yes. Yeah. I got it off Matty. He 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 sent me a random email with it in. But uh, <laughs> and basically, even he said, "Bless ya, you took it until you couldn't take no more." And it was like we were only doing a few spots here and there and all that. But you know, taking moves and taking bumps and you know, even selling shots that you know it you, it's tiring, man. It's like. Yeah. You're constantly moving and acting and doing this. And, you know, you, there's never a moment really where you can catch a breath. Um, and I, I, I 100 percent, I don't I don't uh, disrespect uh, LT for being blown up, you know, but the, the guy was fucked. He, he, he by the end of the match, he couldn't even hold his arms up. He couldn't even stand. It was, yeah. He... He was. He says here. I've got here. He was gassed, and it. And I'm guessing that's part of the reason why he probably couldn't pull any punches. He just had to throw them in there, like, and you know, he was just. He was. He was exhausted. Yeah. But you know, LT kicks out of a flying headbutt. I mean, he's being given a lot here. He jackknifes. Um. He jackknifes. Bam. Bam. At one point, and this Crazy. is where they keep selling it. Yeah, they, it wasn't really a jackknife. It was like, actually, it was probably better than Diesel's jackknife on freaking Shawn Michaels, to be honest. But it was, um, you know, he he just kind of lifts him up and then drops him, kind of thing. And it's like, um, the 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 commentators both of them. Um, they say, oh, we know where he learned that from. And then the king goes, yeah, he picked it up from Diesel. We know because they were training. I think there was some footage where. LT was being trained by Diesel because he was the champion and all that and you know he was helping him with a few moves and uh, training bits but yeah I mean LT was you know and he's a professional athlete as well dude um, yeah, you know he's a Super Bowl winner he's you know, a so, big time American athlete in you know in the NFL which you know these guys aren't you know they're not small they're Big time, big time players. Wrestling ain't no joke, baby. No. Um, yeah, LT kicks out of the headbutt, the flying headbutt, and you know he hits a, a it's a pretty big flying forearm, but it's a it's a tie into American football. It's a big sort of running, jumping, tackling type type of move. Yeah. And it's a flying forearm for the win. Bam Bam does the job. He does. He does two guy. in a row. I think he does two in a row, and then flying forearm smashes, and they look brutal. They look absolutely brutal. And it's a. I mean, it's a big. It's a big win. Like it's 
you know, his first, it's not his first venture into the ring, which is a bit strange. Like, you know, he does do a tiny bit of work for WCW in, I've got to say, I'm thinking 91, but I'm not 100% sure on that. I'll have to look that up myself. But LT does a bit of wrestling. He gets, you know, whether or not he gets in the ring or not, I'm not sure. But he, it's not his first work with a wrestling company. And, you know, it's, he gets put, he gets, you know, dropped into the main event of WrestleMania. It's what crazy for the first time. You reckon the payoff was pretty big for Bam Bam on this one? I would hope so. I mean, I know LT's payoff was probably pretty big. But, you know, uh, Bam Bam's had to, his main event, you know, it's where the, where the selling point was. He had to, I would say, probably the biggest check of his career. You couldn't, you know, main WrestleMania main events are where the money is. Mm-hmm. WrestleMania shows in general where the money are. So, why wouldn't he take home a big? I, I mean, could it be seven figures? Doubtful, because mm. it was a, it wasn't a well received WrestleMania. Didn't make a lot of money, but he would have, he would have got paid. He could have got, you know, I, I, I mean, I don't know how much. Hogan was getting paid for those big main events, you know, but you'd like to think that for this one, Bam Bam got a nice bag for it. Oh, absolutely. He, you know, he, he worked his socks off and that's, you know, it's, it's, it's difficult to sort of pick up because again, this WrestleMania doesn't, doesn't get highly, highly spoken of. Although, I like I said earlier, it doesn't get highly spoken of, but I thought it was actually not a bad WrestleMania at all. Maybe that's my nostalgia as a thirteen year old kid watching it. But even now I watched it and it was it was good. I enjoyed it still. You know, you said yourself it's one of Diesel's biggest nights. Razor and Jarrett go really well together. Yeah. You know, and you've got the Owen and Yoko, you know, yep. tag team born. It's there's some payoffs from this, and there's some some good stuff. Good like, promos, good vignettes. We'll stay, we'll stay positive whenever we can. Yeah, man. Good, good event. Strong, strong event. Um, it is it is weird to see that there's no sign off from this pay per view. It just sort of cuts off. I've, um, you've I've, got I've, LT almost dying in the ring. He's almost dying by his pals. And yeah, there's no sign off from Vince and the King. No, you know, wonderful. Thank you for joining us. Anything like that? It was just that was it. Gone. Do you think that's because they run over time and they when they before they went home on the match? Um, not sure. I again, I can't. You know, the the tape isn't long enough to beat the three hour mark, is it? I mean. Yeah, I just don't know. Maybe with the pay per view, they had like a time where they had to, you know. Yeah, it could well be that they just had to cut it off. But yeah, it was kind of strange not seeing a sign off from Vince and the King or or anyone or even Todd or Jr. Or yeah, it's true. It was just LT literally being held up. Um, yeah. By other humans. Uh, he, he, by the humanoids. By by, by humanoids. Um, yeah, it was he. He was he was struggling, mate. It was uh, yeah. it was uh, really 
strange. Like you say, there was no sign-off. There was no, you know, thanks for joining us here at WrestleMania. LT victorious, blah, blah, blah. And you also see um, Bam Bam Bigelow getting torn a new one by um, by Ted DBRC yeah. walking out. He's like, he's a football player. He's a football player. What's going on? Uh, um, yeah, like I said, we, we enjoyed this. We enjoyed watching this, and we, we'll obviously enjoy talking about it. If you haven't seen it, or if you haven't seen it in a long time, go back and watch it. Go back and see all those funny bits that we saw. You know, we we couldn't we couldn't talk about this one enough. We knew this one was going to be a long one. Yeah, <laughs> we've hit the two hour mark on this one, but um, you know, <laughs> we we had a free for all half an hour. We've had you know some good matches and and some good moments and um some good background as well because this is the time. This is when a few people start going over to WCW and um, things start to shift from WWF being the... our next episode. Yes. Uh, We have already agreed. Sometimes we don't always agree straight away on which uh, which show we're going to watch next, but we have decided it's going to be Bash at the Beach 96. It's, It's historical. It is. We won't spoil it. It's historical and it's amazing. A moment that changed wrestling. It changes. It sends sends careers off to the moon. It really does, and I'm I'm enjoying rewatching it right now. I haven't finished it yet, but it's it's already blowing my mind. Yeah. Um. So, I'm guessing that's it. That's it, dude. We have. That's uh, WrestleMania 11. We're we're covered. WrestleMania 11. Uh, chat grapple and cheap pops podcast get us on yeah dude he's got the merch uh, we've got the the hoodies um you know chat grapple and cheap pops podcast on youtube um at chat grapple pops on twitter um, are you gonna do the like and subscribe thing again like and subscribe baby um jordan has been working extremely hard on twitter we've got a load of new followers and thank you for everybody who's following us on there um if we could translate those followers on twitter onto youtube that would be fantastic if um if you give us a follow on twitter if you could come and subscribe to the youtube that would be absolutely phenomenal um and we're just enjoying what we're doing this is uh, episode three out the way. As uh, JB said, we've already agreed. The next episode will be Bash at the Beach 96, a moment that changed wrestling history. Um, and w- that will be coming very, very soon. So, um, yeah, thoroughly enjoyed this one. JB, thank you for joining me on this one. Um, it's been a pleasure to join you again. Um, it's been Jack brilliant. Chat, and cheap pops, baby. I've really enjoyed this. Thank you, everyone, for joining. We will see you with Bash of the Beach 96. Go but, sign up. Yeah, man. Keep watching. That's it. Yep. Join us up okay, on Twitter, on the YouTube. Bye from me. Bye from JB. Peace out, people.